I'm Leanne Spencer, founder of Body Shop Performance Limited, author, TEDx speaker, and your host. This is the Remove the Guesswork podcast, the show where I interview influential people in the health and fitness industry to bring you the latest ideas on how to optimize your mind, body, and well-being. Hello, welcome back to the show. I'm Leanne Spencer, and this is Insights, our short-form podcast episode every Saturday to bring you an insight, a bit of knowledge that I've learned this week, or just a thought that I think would really help you to optimize your mind, body, and well-being. And this week, it's about the concept of movement as nutrition. Movement as nutrition. So we know really that we should be eating lots of vegetables, good fats, organic grass-fed meat if we're eating meat, and you know the best quality fish that we can get as well if you eat fish. We know these broad principles, whether we're applying them or not is perhaps another matter. But what we don't consider as part of nutrition is movement. Now, anyone who's come to any of our events, who's been on our coaching programs, who's interactive with Body Shop My Business in any way will know that we talk a lot about this. We call it ancestral movement, but we're talking about daily life movement. We're not talking about structured exercise but the type of movement we were designed to do and that we do less and less of it. I'm actually actually listening to a podcast by Katie Bowman and Katie Bowman is the person who first introduced me to the the expression movement is nutrition. She's the author of several books, but one of them I've read, it's called Move Your DNA and we'll link to that in the show notes. And the other book is called Movement Matters and I've just ordered that off Amazon. But she's, she's quite prolific in terms of the content she puts out and she has her own podcast as well. So we will link to that in the show notes. If this interests you, then definitely follow up on the work of Katie Bowman, K-A-T-Y-B-O-W-M-A-N. I was listening to a podcast by her and it really got me thinking about movement. And it's very pertinent for me because this week I've spent a couple of days up in Aberdeen seeing one of our corporate clients. And during that day, or Thursday, so a couple of days ago, I was in a room from eight in the morning till five at night. I had a few short breaks, but I was predominantly seeing one person after another in 20 minute chunks with a 50 minute break every two hours and an hour for lunch. So a lot of time in one place, which I'm very unused to now. So to mitigate against that, I've walked over there, got a little bit of exercise in the morning, a little bit of walking rather. I got up and used the flip chart. So I was very rarely sitting down across the table, actually looking at someone. I'd also just moved around a bit, did some air squats, did some lunges, just tried to move my body and stretch a little bit during the lunch hour. But I really felt it because I'm used to a lot more movement than that, locomotion in particular. So walking, even if it's just walking down our long corridor in our office in South London to the toilets or the cafe, I'm just up and down quite a lot using a standing desk. So it really hit me. And I thought this idea of movement nutrition is really, really good one because it nourishes, movement nourishes the body in the same way that food does. And as I was saying, anyone who's come to any of our events or or been through any aspect of our business will heard me talk a lot about ancestral movement. And if you like, let me take you back to caveman times. You know, we'd have woken up with light flooding the mouth of the cave. That light would have helped to trigger our circadian rhythm, just kickstart our circadian rhythm. We'd have had lots of serotonin in our bodies. We'd have had a high amount of cortisol because we want to be ready for action for the day. And we don't yet know what that day is going to bring. A little bit after waking, about 20 minutes after waking, we get another little shot of cortisol as well. So we're feeling good and we're ready for, for what comes. And then as cave people, we'd have gone out, looked out the mouth of that cave, looked left, looked right, make sure there's nothing, no predators on the horizon that are going to come and attack us. Make sure there's nothing out there that we can go and grab the spears and hunt, you know, and drag back to camp for breakfast, lunch and dinner for the next few weeks. And depending on the outcome of that, we'd have then gone about our business. 
So squatting around the campfire, sharpening tools, foraging for berries, long treks perhaps out to find water or to get food. We'd have hunted at some point, so it would have been very spiky, high-intensity activity. We'd have been hunted, so we'd have been running for our lives quite literally. And in amongst all of that, we'd have been sitting around the camp, eating, sharing stories, checking each other for you know, for little creatures in our hair or something, exchanging news, generally just bonding and connecting. So above all that, though, would have been lots of daily life movement, lots of up and down. You know, those cave people wouldn't have gone out, hunted something, dragged it back to camp and then sat down for the rest of the day. It wouldn't have happened. They'd have been up an atom in a slow kind of gradual basis. And that whole principle of ancestral movement is what we've lost. So today we'll do maybe an exercise session in the morning, sit at a desk all day, and then walk home in the evening. Or maybe the other way around, you'll come into work, commuting on the train or or the car or the bus or whatever it is, get into work, sit down for most of the day, and maybe do a class in the evening. Now that class is better than nothing, but not by much, believe it or not. So if you do one hour of exercise a day, but you're relatively sedentary for the rest of that day, you are in fact only 4% less sedentary than the person that does absolutely nothing. So let me say that again. If you do an hour of exercise during the day at any point, you are only 4% less sedentary than the person that does nothing at all. And it's a simple percentage thing, one hour and 24. It's not without its value, but it isn't really what we're trying to achieve. And this is the big difference between structured exercise, which has a big value. It's building strength, it's building muscle, it's burning fat, it's making you feel really good above anything else. It's perhaps social if it's a team sport. It's helping generate fresh oxygenated blood around the body, creating lots of happy hormones, dopamine, serotonin, endorphins, perhaps some oxytocin as well. So there's lots of value to that, but it's not what life's really about. Life is much more about daily life movement. So in between those structured exercise sessions, lots of movement. So that typically looks like this for me. Between two and four times a week, I do a high intensity session of 45 to 60 minutes. That's usually twice down at the boxing gym, Miguel's in South London, and twice at cycle normally, a spin class. I will then do lots of moderate intensity activities between five and seven times a week. And that could just be brisk walking to a client or to a business meeting or to something else. It might also be an animal flow class I do on a Thursday, which is a very sort of intense form of body weight training. But five to seven times a week, I'm doing moderate intensity exercise. But the overwhelming bulk of the movement I do is daily life movement. It's using a standing workstation. It's walking, what we call active transport. So not driving down the road, but taking the car or taking public transport. At least you've got to walk to the station, perhaps stand on the train. And even that's really good. You know, you're standing on a train that's got irregular movement patterns. If you stand there, you'll have to have your legs fairly wide apart, have a broad stance for balance, and you'll be jostled from your right leg to your left leg, right leg to left leg. And that's using, that's the kind of daily life movement that Katie Bowman's talking about in her books and that I'm endorsing as well, because you can't just put all your weight onto one foot. You have to distribute the weight across both legs and indeed across the whole body. And that's very good for you. All of that, the constant little sort of moving from one muscle to another and balancing is a key part of daily life movement. So that's what I'm encouraging you to think about. 
how much daily life movement are you bringing into your life? How much nutrition are you getting from movement? It's not structured exercise. That's a complement to movement. But movement should be a very basic thing you do. Think back to caveman times and the patterns of movement that they would have undergone and see how that matches up to your life. Now, I'm not proposing that you squat down in the office and sharpen tools because that's going to look a bit weird, but you can have a standing workstation, which you can either hack using books, you can order one, an ergonomic standing desk, or you can spend about £25 on what's called a laptop table, actually, which I'll link to in the show notes. I've got one at home, one in the office, 25 quid each. And it's a little concertina table that you can put on the table, put your laptop on top and you've got a standing desk, take it off, put the laptop back on the table and you can sit down again. And I move between different phases of work. Deep work I tend to sit for, emailing, phone calls, podcasts I tend to stand for. You can deconvenience your desk as well. There's lots of things that you can do to make basically your, your environment more efficient and more conducive to movement. But movement is absolutely crucial. You know, that's what keeps us healthy. It preserves our mental health because of the hormones that are generated by movement. It innovates the muscles with fresh oxygenated blood, rich with nutrients. So in the same way that food enriches the blood, the blood enriches the body. And we need to move to enrich our body in that way. That's it for this week. It's a simple little concept. Really give thought to this and see what more movement you can bring into your life. And you'll really feel the benefit of that. You'll feel a hell of a lot better in the day if you move. Once I'd finished my day up in Aberdeen, I got on the plane and I was absolutely exhausted. And I put that down to just not having moved enough. Movement is an extremely energizing thing to do. So see where you can hack more movement into your day and enjoy the benefits. That's it for me. I'll talk to you next week. Interested in finding out what your health IQ is? Jump on our website, bodyshopperformance.com and click on take the test and it'll take you through to a very short two to three minute health IQ test. At the end of that, you'll get a scorecard based on your results and a free 39 page report built all around our six signals, which are sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion and fitness. So jump on the website, bodyshopperformance.com and take our test. Finally, thanks for listening to this show. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard and it's added value to you, share the episode with someone who you think could benefit from it. And don't forget to leave a rating, a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.